0: Welcome
1: to Imperfection in Training.
0: I'm Priyanka. I'm Maddie.
1: And we're just two 20 20-somethings somewhere out in the world asking, what is art? What is life? What
0: is the, the universe? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Imperfection in Training. Today, we are talking about positivity and negativity. Um, so that's going to be super fun, especially with, like, all of the transitions that we've been going through lately that we've talked about on some earlier episodes. This is something we've both been thinking about a lot, especially in terms of the advice like stay positive, be positive, which Preg has it written down very diplomatically in our talking points Is this can often be a bit reductive. Personally I feel like it's rubbish advice. <laughs> So today we will be unpacking the ideas of positivity and negativity and working through like what does being positive mean and why is it a bit reductive slash totally rubbish?
1: <laughs> Me ever the diplomat. <laughs> hey y'all, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> um, anyway, um, so thinking about how we actually define positive and negative in our daily context, I feel like my ideas and i'm mean, sure this is true for both of us both of our ideas and relationships to those words and those I- concepts have changed so much and um and especially for me i think it's happened more recently and by that i mean i've been around for 23 years it's happened in the last four is all i mean by more recently so technically it's been a while but but i think the um the thing is that I feel like we grow up constantly hearing, or I grew up constantly hearing, like, be positive, stay positive. You have to remember to see the bright side. And anyone who knows me um, will attest to the fact that I actually am absolutely someone who um, I live my life remembering to remembering what I'm grateful for, remembering to to in a much more nuanced way, look on the bright side. I don't think I've ever dealt with any situation without having thought that phrase or said that phrase, even as recently as, okay, even as recently as five days ago, my suitcase had some issues. It just wasn't opening up really well. And it turned out to be like a easier solution than I realized. But when I first landed in this place after like pretty much a, what 10 hours of traveling my suitcase lock wouldn't open and it seemed jammed and it it was my biggest suitcase with with a bunch of my stuff in it and I was really worried because it wasn't I wasn't back in India where I could just cut it open and it would be all okay I was I'm still in the U.S. and I was really worried and stressed out and at first I was like really really pissed off but then I sat down looked up a couple of ways online to figure this out and like went through it and then eventually figured fixed um, the problem found a solution opened the suitcase all as well but the the fact of the matter is that in that time, I first went through this phase of being really, really angry to the point that I wanted to like consistently hit my suitcase as I was trying to open it, which helps everybody, obviously, as is, <laughs> you know, and that but then I was like, okay, you know what, here's the thing you're not great at, you're not a very patient person, because I'm not. And that is something you've been wanting to work on forever. So why don't you use this as an opportunity to practice being more patient until you figure out? how to find the solution to this problem, right? That's the sort of person I am. It is an unbelievably irritating situation, took me 45 minutes to figure out how to open the suitcase at literally 10.30 at night. And I still sat down and did it. And I'm not saying... But the, the difference is the following. As soon as the suitcase was... A, was a, As soon as the problem presented itself to me, I wasn't like, oh, here's a problem that presented itself to me. This is a learning opportunity. No, 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 no. I was pissed, stomping around and swearing at everything that came in my way for like a solid 15 minutes. It was... It wasn't fun. It was not a pretty situation. After that, after I worked through the anger and the irritation and the frustration and also the fact of the matter is that i also had to work through what would happen if i cannot open the suitcase what the hell am i going to do and then recognize that i would have to like break the lock and then buy a new suitcase and spend a whole bunch of money and it was just all of these things all of these really awful things could potentially have happened and i had to go through that work through that be okay with that and until i did that personally for me i couldn't actually sit down and solve the problem because my head was fixating too much on all of those negative things. But, and here's how this relates, until I actually processed through it, acknowledged and and actively worked with those negative things and those negative emotions and feelings, I couldn't move on to actually recognizing that even if I didn't necessarily like it, this was a potential way Practice patience, which is something that I want to work on for myself. So, even just so for me, even as recently as what five days ago, this is something that came up again in my life where my friends were kind of laughing at me because they both told me afterwards they just what I appreciated about them was they just let me be and let me do it as I wanted to do it. But at the time, they were telling me later they were like, I would have lost all my cool way before, and you know, like, good for you for like sticking with sticking it through the way you did. But I, but constantly in my life for the last few years, I've seen that. Positivity is not the absence of negativity. It's the acknowledgement and the channeling of negativity into something more and acknowledging negativity as it is without the need to like try and make it something it's not.
0: Yeah, it's almost similar to what we were talking about in our episode about self-care in that there's true positivity, which I think you just gave a really great definition of or like way of thinking Mm -hmm. about. But then I think there's often what people mean when they say the word positivity which is a very like superficial understanding of it i feel like i see this a lot whenever i see a youtuber or something talking about i don't know like something that's going on in their lives that's really hard and like they needed to take a break from doing youtube for a bit or whatever and so they say Mm -hmm. like i know i always try and keep things only positive on my channel but and it's like That's not positive if doing that is leading to you being so burnt out that you have to take a break from everything that you're doing and means that you feel guilty talking about the reality of your life. Like, that's not positive. And I think, yeah, it's like you said, like, positivity, I don't think it's, like, an opposite of negativity. Like, I think it's something that both of those can be multifaceted and oftentimes Mm -hmm. we reduce them in, I think, a really unhelpful way and see positive as being nice and happy and rainbows and daisies when i actually think it can be really positive to talk about bad things because ultimately that is how we feel connected and how we feel as though we belong and isn't that we all want isn't that what we all want like as humans anyway to belong (laughs) how are we going to do that if all we do is talk about superficial nonsense (laughs)
1: Oh my goodness in maddie's rent for this episode
0: <laughs> i think this is just i think that this in particular is just like something that's very prominent in my life at the moment i feel like especially we're recording this while i'm in the us and so definitely a big cultural difference between the us and europe as a whole but specifically germany is that or i think specifically berlin is that <laughs> this is a little bit of a tangent but it's kind of it's like relevant as backstory is that berlin has a reputation for having the worst customer service because like People are grumpy and fed up, or whatever. But it means that if you're talking to someone at a cafe and they're like smiling and being happy, like they're probably actually genuinely smiley and happy. Whereas you talk to someone at the US, like who's working at a cafe or whatever, and they're all, Hi, my name is Shelly, and I'm going to be your server today, and I'm being paid to be. Like your best friend because otherwise I'll probably get fired from my job that isn't even paying me enough for a living wage. And I have to smile at you because I'm required to do so. And it's like very fake and superficial, but it's positive, right? I'm like, no, it's a lie. (laughs) As far as I know, lying is a bad thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) No, for sure. I actually completely agree with you. And I think it's interesting because that's what I loved about New York, too. I feel like New York definitely has a reputation for being mean and awful and no one smiles at you and no one's nice to you. And I'm like, New York was freaking fantastic because for the exact reason you said people were very real. If they were smiling, it's because they wanted to. If they weren't, it's because they couldn't be bothered at the time. And that's okay.
0: Yeah. You
1: don't have to spend every minute of every day being sunshine and unicorns. But but you reminded me of something that's really I mean on the tangent and on the idea of positivity and negativity i think this relates a lot to my ideas of like kindness versus niceness too because i think in a similar way oftentimes people imply that positivity is being nice whereas i think true positivity as we were talking about is much more along the lines of being kind yeah. where like you do the like whether that's to yourself or to someone else like lying to someone is neither kind to yourself or to them mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's suppose, I suppose it's a nice thing to do, but is that niceness really worth it? And same thing, it's the positive thing to do, but is that positivity really worth it? Like, I don't know that, like, it just, it doesn't lead to anything. It leads to a consistent culture of fake, fakeness. And also, more importantly than that, it leads to a culture of pressure, I feel like, mm, where you feel yeah. pressure to constantly be like that and you feel pressure to constantly do that and you feel pressure to never have anything go wrong and anything be a problem. And I feel like that's so big in the U.S. Yeah, where, that's especially with the idea of like (coughs) mythical idea of the american dream and the whole like white picket fence and two and a half kids and a dog and all of that good stuff is that then the house and the burbs is that you feel the pressure to live the life that everyone claims to be living and the same thing with social media it's interesting because i feel like humans as as a species we tend to just find the next new problem fix it all of that claim that's the worst thing since i don't know I don't know what the last worst thing was, but the next new worst thing and say that everything, all of these issues stem from that, like we do with social media, like social media is only negative. Social media is only bad. So the same thing, a very reductive definition of positive and negative and very reductive ability, very reductive view on um, the world. But the fact is that this pressure to constantly be positive and, and then and then the resulting Ideas of like FOMO, like that manifest on social media and are most easily seen on social media, or this whole thing of like when you go out in public in the U.S., this constant thing of like smiling and saying hi to everyone, if you ap- like, even if you don't necessarily want to, and all of these things—they build up this culture of this pressure, and they build up exactly what results in all of the mental health issues. Well, not the more serious ones. I'm not talking about like chronic depression, chronic anxiety. I'm talking about. Or well, I don't know that what doesn't, I, I'm sure they impact that, but what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to not conflate those two things It's basically what I'm trying to do here. But basically they cause all of these issues where you, you spend all of your time so stressed out, working so hard to try and make a life that you think everyone has that everyone does not in fact have. And you're not, you don't actually spend any time living that life. It just doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, I think it's super performative as well. Like, yeah. it's not even about, are you happy doing this? It's about, do other people think I'm happy doing this? Yeah,
1: exactly. And I that's feel like that's so,
0: cool. it's just, it's so superficial. And as a five wing four, if there is one thing that I <laughs> cannot stand, it is people being superficial. <laughs> I am so not about it. <laughs> like, all I want to do is explore the like, depths of human emotion and your deepest fears what like messed you up as a child. What wounds from childhood are you carrying around with you today that like inform how you interpret all of your interactions with people? Like that's what I want to know. Like I don't know this idea that you have to like put on a smile or else you might ruin someone else's day and bring negativity into their life. Bring your negativity into my life. I want, I want to hear about it. Like I want to experience it. I want to experience everything. It's this whole idea that like, oh yeah, as humans we're supposed to be striving to like be happy all the time. No. God, I don't want to be happy all the time. That sounds awful. What if something really bad happens? Do you want to be happy about that? Like, imagine not having the capacity to feel anything else other than happiness. That would be terrible. That would be inhuman at its core. And I feel like this whole thing, yeah, about, oh, we need to be positive, is kind of just like this manifestation of, oh yeah, we need to be happy all the time. And then it's like that wrapped up in also all of these really silly and untrue ways that we think happiness manifests in terms of circumstantial things if you have the right job if you have the right partner if you have the right income if you have the right house like all of those things will make you happy when really your basic needs have to be met and that's a totally Mm -hmm. separate thing from happiness so like that's not what i'm discussing here but contentment and fulfillment and peace with your life has to come from within it's a whole thing of when people win the lottery or they experience something really terrible, their mood, how they describe their mood, changes for a while, but eventually, like it comes right back to where it was beforehand. Yeah. Like it doesn't actually change things in the long term. And I feel like this obsession with people being positive all the time, I think it kind of just makes everyone feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. Like I think it just makes everyone feel as though, like, well, I, but I'm not succeeding. Like I'm not actually feeling happy all the time and everyone else is because everyone else is like performing this facade Mm -hmm. and then we just end up all feeling really alone
1: no absolutely oh my god absolutely um and it's so interesting i don't remember what something you said maddie 30 seconds ago it sparked this in me that i realized that the, the way in which we talk about positivity and negativity today really ties into mindfulness practices. For the record, I, I think mindfulness is great and I think intentionality is great. Mm-hmm. I just think that, I, well, I don't think, I know for a fact that all of these things originated in Eastern cultures and now you slap three English words on it and call it a Western thing and call it positivity and grossly misunderstand the idea itself. Yeah, it's like super um, whitewashed. Yeah, but the reason I brought it up actually was not to rant about that, which I could go, I could do for hours. We'll but have the a reason whole episode I brought it episode for that. We will, we absolutely will. We'll have multiple episodes for that. Yeah. I have so many feelings. <laughs> but, but no, but the reason I brought it up is because the most like mainstream version of like positivity, negativity, mindfulness, meditation. I feel like in the West, at least from what I've seen, people tend to link it a lot to Buddhism and that's just a i don't know if that's just something i have picked up because of my all of the things that i carry with me from what i've learned and seen growing up but that's kind of how i see it in the u.s like everyone's kind of just like all about that but the funny thing is in india like i grew up in india right and we read the story of the Buddha, we knew the story of the Buddha our whole lives growing up. But even the Buddha, to get to the stage that he was at with his enlightenment, he had to go through seeing a whole lot of suffering. He was a prince who had a whole lot of riches. He left the palace walls for the first time because his parents, for whatever reason, he wasn't allowed to leave and then he left and then he saw, I, I don't remember the, the
0: specifics of the story, but, Isn't but it that he saw like all the suffering. Like, yeah, he saw, I think it was like um, three different types of suffering or something yeah, like it that. Was and bunch. it was that he had been sheltered in the castle, beforehand because his parents didn't want him to experience the pain of seeing suffering exactly. so he never had right, 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 yeah right.
1: and that and the interesting thing is um i am not drawing parallels between parallels between myself and the buddha but that was also something that my parents um with so much love to them and i appreciate why they were doing this but they really wanted to protect my brother and i from a lot of things when we were growing up too i think it's a very standard parental yeah, thing. yeah totally and but the truth was like i don't think i found my peace within myself and my contentment within myself until i started really acknowledging and seeing the suffering and a lot of suffering and like a lot of the stuff in the world that was happening like i don't think i was able to marry what my idea of a world was with what the world actually was and i think it's like the same thing you can't um, like across the world you're constantly across time across history across civilizations and stories you're constantly seeing that you can't have These things don't exist outside of each other. Mm -hmm. It's just not how life works. You can't expect that. You can't live like that and then expect to actually understand and have any sort of true contentment
0: yeah i actually think that it's like one of the most damaging things that we like do to children actually mm-hmm. is try to protect them protect from feeling them from so-called negative emotions because yeah. what we're really doing by do- i mean i say we i am not a parent i don't really ever intend <laughs> to be a parent however i'm gonna say <laughs> we anyway as a collective humanity <laughs> but what we're really doing by doing that is essentially like stunting their emotional growth and preventing them from learning And like, aren't we supposed to be all about education? And then like, on one hand, I get the parental instinct, but I think that parental instinct comes from a time where it was really unlikely that children would like live past a certain age because of all of these things. And like, we still have our, this is something I've been learning more about in terms of specifically in terms of anxiety, but how essentially anxiety comes from, is our biological response to stresses so you know when we were like hunter-gatherers it was an integral part of survival being able to have Mm -hmm. a quick fear response that would alert us to danger and now we don't have those things we don't have oh a wild beast is going to come chasing after us not Mm -hmm. really part of most of our (laughs) day-to-day experiences but we still have that left over in our brain and i think I, i i don't quite know how this related but i know it was so i'm gonna keep waffling and hope i can bring it back (laughs) (laughs) but i think that because we still have that part of a brain but it is like left over from an earlier time i think letting it govern our choices completely is not necessarily helpful and not that i'm like oh we need to exert control over our like Primitive biological cells. I feel like I can't even say that phrase without like wanting to pee. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that at all, but I think that it's something that is really helpful to see it in that way. I know for me, like dealing with anxiety, what was really helpful to see it as like, hey, this is just like this is literally my body keeping me safe. Like, how incredible is it that I have like a body and a mind that is able to try and keep me safe? Like, that's amazing. And like, yes, it is overreacting to the like disproportionate overreacting to the danger that I have. But like acknowledging that, but then realizing that it was no longer a relevant response, I think was a is really important. And I think that yes, while that instinct to like protect people is really strong, I think it's equally important that we see like, okay, this is in some ways kind of like, essentially an outdated mm-hmm. thing. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I think like tying that back, at least as I see it, to the positive positivity and negativity thing. Um, it's fair enough that most of the world talks about positivity and negativity as the way it does because it's so prevalent and so, like, all pervasive in our society. But it's outdated and we need to move on into more healthier ways of being because, realistically, this isn't sustainable. It just isn't. Something that we were doing, slash I was doing, um, in preparation for this episode as I was thinking about this and what we kind of wanted to say and talk about um, – I was sort of thinking about, like, some of the more formative experiences I've had, um, re-positivity and negativity. And I think the, the key thing that really changed it for me was, um, losing someone I really loved and going through that process of grief where, um, when, and I think grief becomes complicated, right? Because as soon as you hear that someone, you, you've lost someone you love, everyone is automatically, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. I'm so sorry. Like. And that's the other, like, it becomes a really complicated, really tough thing to navigate. But what happened was it got to this really interesting point where losing this person that I love was so, so hard and so unbelievably awful, but it was not solely negative. And because this experience was so close to me, because this is someone who is very, very close to me and who someone who's really important in my life, I was able to sort of, I had a better hold of what the reality of the situation was than I perhaps would have if it was like a couple of people removed or a couple of relationships removed, you know. Um, And because of the state of that, I was able to see that this experience, as painful, absolutely painful as it was, was not solely negative. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of positivity coming from it. And I don't just mean like, oh, it was a lesson that I learned, so it was great. No, I mean there were active good things that came of the fact that I lost this person. And it's so important to acknowledge that and so important to see that. I mean, I feel like yin and yang is one of my favorite things ever because, and I know we've brought it up in episodes before, I know for a fact I will bring it up again. Because the idea that those two energies coexist and like some parts of those energies literally exist in the other I think is to me literally represents how I see them and how I understand them and how they exist in my life because I don't think that there is I don't think it is ever fair to yourself and to a situation to say that it is wholly completely one thing or the other
0: mm-hmm. I think it's also like going along that I feel like like, it's so indicative of our tendency to try and reduce everything and simplify everything and how that's so harmful. Mm -hmm. Trying to put everything into a box, like either this is positive or it's negative. Like, no, 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 things can't be both. (laughs) (laughs) That would be messier, then your boxes wouldn't be nice and neat. Organized. But I think that it really, it's so unhelpful to do that. I think a lot of the time when people do start to find the positives in experiences they've had that are often like classified as wholly negative, then Mm -hmm. there's a lot of guilt caught up in that and caught up in, well, who am I to say this experience is positive? Like, isn't that? disrespectful or hurtful or what will people think of me for finding this mm. positive and I think that if we weren't so quick to tired level of like judgement to everything then we would just be able to yep. experience things for what they are instead of trying to immediately slap a label on and say like this is good, this is bad <laughs> negativity can also be good and like positivity can be bad. I'm sure we've all had this situation where like let's say you're having a really rubbish day or like something bad has happened whatever that is, it might be something as small as you didn't do as well in a homework assignment as you wanted to or it might be something like really big and really serious what I'm trying to get across is that like if it feels like it was a bad thing then like that's valid and it counts and I think like illustrates this but how annoying is it when someone goes up to you and like they try and tell you something like Oh, like it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. Like it could be well, you know, like all of this stuff. And it's like, no, I think in that case, like positivity is really bad because it's not actually helping anyone. The only person who helps is the person giving the terrible advice, because it Mm -hmm. makes them less uncomfortable with having to like sit with someone else's negativity. And I think that that's the thing, like when we're uncomfortable with negativity, we not only shut off our own emotions, but we shut off the emotions of everyone around us. And that's so honestly selfish. Yep,
1: absolutely. That was that is such a big part of it for me, too, is like I feel like it keeps pushing this culture of selfishness and not and not the healthy kind of selfishness where, Mm where it is absolutely important to be selfish at different points, like if you're not in a place where you can deal with certain types of emotions for that day. That's fine. That's okay. Then do the harder thing of saying, Hey, I know you're going through a rough time and I'm really sorry, but I just can't, I don't have the ability to be helpful to you right now. Like, and explain that and move on. But that's harder. That's more difficult. So people just want to say they helped and try to help and give rubbish advice like saying oh yeah you know it's not that bad oh my god I once knew someone who I was really upset about something and he didn't really know what to do about it so he goes it could be worse you could be on fire and I was literally (laughs) what context will I be on fire no I mean it was kind of a joke but kind of not in the sense that he says it all he said it all the time that's how uncomfortable he was dealing with things it's not Um, helpful (laughs) it just is yes okay I'm sorry I'm let me go let me go set my foot on fire maybe that'll make this better then it'll be worse. I don't
0: what 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 what? Yeah. What? Yeah. But and it I mean, also then, like, again, it like holds people at a distance from each other because I think this is also something like, so in general, like I'm not the most forthcoming person. It takes me a while in my journey of getting to know someone before I would like talk to them about anything serious. Like I feel like I just take a while to build closeness with people. But I then find it really disheartening when I like do decide to finally take that step and bring up something with someone and, you know, be vulnerable with them, which I'm becoming a lot better at. But what I find a lot of the times is, I'll like be vulnerable and I'll express uncertainty or insecurity and they'll try to reassure me in a way that really like minimizes what it is that I'm trying to do mm-hmm. and really like minimizes the whole thing and I find that so unhelpful and also really frustrating because it it implies that I can't deal with it and I'm also like if you've met me you know that I'm a very proud person (laughs) to say the least and I don't like it when people are condescending towards me and so like let's say you know I'm having a lot of like dilemmas over like career stuff and I've been quite upset about it a lot of the time and like that's okay like I can deal with being upset it's just a feeling it's a good useful feeling to me in this case because it's showing me that I'm not exactly where i want to be and like that's really useful for me that show it's like a compass right like it's showing me which direction i shouldn't be on and so then over time will help me figure out the direction i should be on but i had a conversation where i was trying to explain this to a friend and like all of her advice was just oh no like you don't need to worry about things you can just see how it goes don't be so stressed about it and i'm like i'm not feeling that stressed about it i'm trying to share this with you because i'm trying to you know, express my authentic self and just be yeah. who I am and experience what I'm experiencing. Like I'm literally doing the things you're saying. I'm just existing. Just let me exist and like feel my feelings just because you don't want to feel them doesn't mean I shouldn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that exact idea of what you were saying is something that I think we've practiced in our friendship a lot and it's something that've started I've started doing more so in a couple of other friendships that's been so great where if someone's having a bad day, if someone's having, a rough time to not try and push, oh, but you should be happy anyway, despite that, you know, and just sort of learn to put aside your emotions and your feelings. And learn to recognize that you are a person outside of the other person. Yeah. So they could be having a bad day. You may not be having a bad day. That means you can find a compromised collective energy level for the both of you. That maybe brings them up a little bit. And maybe is like a little more chill than you might want to be. Where you can exist together in a space while acknowledging the way that both of you are feeling different things. And that's
0: okay. Yeah. And like maybe in that, maybe in certain contexts you do need to not hang out with each other. And that's also fine. Yeah. It's just like you can be sad and still get on with stuff you know and like sometimes honestly i feel like as a human with depression i feel like sometimes this is the only way i can motivate myself to actually do things i'm like well you know what madeline you're gonna feel terrible whether you do it or whether you don't (laughs) so would you rather feel terrible and do it and then when you're feeling good again or feeling okay again you won't have to do this thing or would you rather feel terrible and not do it and then have to do it when you're actually feeling okay and then have to waste your time doing this thing you don't even want to do (laughs) and like i feel like that is a good way like sometimes we have this idea that experiencing anything negative like makes us unable to do things, or that like we have to be feeling good to be able to do things. And like, especially in the case of mental illness, like yes, it does get in the way of doing stuff a lot of the time. But especially in the case of like emotions, I think sometimes we're like taught this idea, like, oh, well, if you're feeling sad, you can't do anything. And Mm-mm. no, I mean, I'm a very resilient person. I can do stuff and feel sad at the same time. Wild, I know, but we actually do not only have the emotional range of a teaspoon. <laughs> Chandler? What? Was that Chandler?
1: Chandler is the one who has the emotional
0: range of a teaspoon,
1: right? No, it's from Harry Potter. Thank you. Sorry, mixing up things. <laughs> yeah, anyway, for, forget France. No, but sorry. But do you know what? Actually, I have the perfect example of when Maddie was a complete angel. Oh, when yes.
0: I'm... Please tell me more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but actually, when we were recording during our second recording session ever for this podcast, I was having a really trash day. It was, I was just having a really rough time. And I was, I was to the point that I'm not very, I'm not really a very snappy person. I can be sarcastic. I can be I can poke fun, I'll do all of that, but I'm not really someone who gets angry. I'm just not really, it's just not part of me at all. I'm not someone who swears at people. I'm not any of those things. So if it is taking effort for me to be doing that, you can tell I'm having a pretty tough time at the moment, just like being okay with whatever's happening. So I was having one of those days, and we had scheduled a podcast recording session. And um, and the thing is, we're both so busy that we couldn't reschedule. We just didn't have the time. We had to do it then, and there was no other way around it. And, and you know, in the past, I feel as though when, when I felt like that, oftentimes, or we know when anyone feels like that, I feel oftentimes you try to reschedule, and you do this, and you do that, and then all that ends up doing is you end up, I would have ended up wallowing in that, that state. But what Maddie did was, Maddie actually just kind of acknowledged I was feeling really trash. And while I was feeling trash, we actually recorded one episode, which made me feel so much better, because Maddie didn't find the need to have me pretend to be happier, or chirpier, or anything. I was at slightly lower energy levels for that episode and that was fine because Maddie had really high energy levels that day um, and it worked out and we were able to balance and complement each other and at the end of that episode it was exactly like what Maddie just said about their depression and like dealing with that was I felt so much more able to continue and do things and go forward and then we recorded our next episode and I felt so much more back to normal again because there are absolutely times where maybe the thing to do is to just let an emotion and let a bad feeling just pass and let it be. And there are times when you have to acknowledge that you're feeling like that and push through and do it anyway. So you demonstrate to yourself that that doesn't have as much power over you as you think it does. And there's so many different ways of dealing with this. There's not a one size fits all solution to anything, Mm -hmm. but both cases required me to acknowledge that I was feeling like that in the first place and required Maddie to not need to change my internal state and just accept that that was how I was feeling, that was okay. Um,
0: Yeah, and I think this is also, like, really apparent when it comes to, like, making plans as well. Because I know, like, I get very, like, I get peopled out extremely easily. And quite often, if I'm feeling bad, or, like, feeling not great in any way, I'll think that, like, the best thing to do is to not hang out with people. And so, especially people who know that about me will often, you know, they're being really sweet, and they try to basically, like, give me an easy out, And, like, say, oh, if you're not feeling up to it, like, we can reschedule all of that. And, like, that's lovely. That's so kind and so considerate. And I appreciate it so much. But sometimes what I really need to do is be around people. And, yeah, I'll be a bit sad and I probably won't be the best company. But I'm still worthy of people being friends with, even though I'm (laughs) sad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, oh, my God, you know what? That actually is totally something else too, Maddie You again, as per always. um, I think that's just it. it is... We're in a society that constantly tells us that if you're not positive and sunshine and daisies and unicorns all the time, you are not worthy of being around other people. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You're not worthy of their attention. You're not worthy of their love. You're not worthy of, I don't know, any... You're not worthy of them. You become unworthy. You become not worth someone else's time if you don't make them happy and are a positive influence every minute of every day.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, again, like this really awful definition of positivity versus a much more expansive one if i think about the people who are positive influences on my life like priyanka like tyrell like other friends it's not because they're always happy it's because they challenge me it's because sometimes they force me to experience negativity in a productive Mm -hmm. way and they support me while i do so that's Mm -hmm. what being a positive influence on someone's life is not just like trying to make them laugh all the time and distract them (laughs) Absolutely, And like, don't get me wrong, there's a time and place for that for sure. But I think that we like resort to doing that much too readily.
1: I mean, and this said, mind you, the flip side of all of this is also important where stewing in negativity is as harmful as stewing in positivity and you know, wallowing in certain things is as bad as wallowing in like certain like negative emotions is as bad as wallowing in the positive ones. But that's just it is I think you say you express positivity and you wallow negativity. And I think that's not true. I think they're on a spectrum and you can wallow just as much in positivity as you can negativity or like maybe it's not wallowing in terms of the actions. Maybe it's like, it's, it all comes from... Oh, my God, Maddie, I didn't see this before, but maybe you did. But it all comes from that same place of that fear and that idea of, like, scarcity versus abundance. Yeah. Where if you knew that... If you believed that there would be positive experiences coming back your way anyway, you wouldn't find the need to hold on to the positivity so much. But because we're so worried that we're never going to feel that way again... Yeah, that's so true. We just keep... Like, I just... I didn't clock that until some, something... Wow, this is so cool. I love when this happens. Sorry, guys. It's just... This is what I love about Maddie's and my conversations and I'm so, so grateful for is that I just constantly am able to like clock and understand what I think about something more and have all these new thoughts and they're really useful. So I'm glad one of those things
0: happened organically right now because that's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, literal definition of someone being a positive influence on your life doesn't need to be being happy all the time. It could be, like, thinking differently about something, like, expanding your viewpoint, like, gaining clarity Mm -hmm. in your thoughts about something. Which, not all the time, but, like, can sometimes be an unpleasant experience, so that doesn't mean it's not worthwhile. Absolutely. Oh, all right. On that
1: very insightful, well... I don't know if it was insightful. On oh, they're very exciting for me. I love I love when I have a new thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's on that time. note, I think that's yeah, it's a good time to wrap up. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know I know the we I know our episodes constantly change pace depending on what we're talking about, how we're feeling about it, but I hope it was interesting nonetheless. We loved having you with us. Yes.
0: And maybe go. Maybe head to our Instagram at Imperfection in Training and give us a message about one like negative thing that has been positive for you. Obviously within oh, yes, the comforts please. of like what you feel okay sharing and what you feel good sharing, but that would be an awesome way for us to deconstruct this ridiculousness surrounding positivity <laughs> and negativity.
1: And if you're not comfortable like commenting on a picture or anything, no worries, just absolutely feel free to slide into our dms (laughs) Um, but really maddie's in a very happy relationship and i'm really not looking to date so i mean that in as platonic a way as possible yes in a completely
0: not flirty way please don't flirt with
1: us anyway on that fantastically lovely note um we'll see y'all next week goodbye y'all much love peace out
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Imperfection in Training.
1: We'll check in again next week, same time, same place. Until
0: next time.